Hello and welcome to this episode of Irreligiosity, the one true podcast. And the only podcast whose professional audio quality keeps us amongst the top podcasts in competition. Amongst? Amongst. Matt, hey, maybe down near the bottom. I would say we are head and shoulders and uh, several penis lengths on top of the other podcast. Solely well, due to our professional audio quality. It is professional and it has quality. We've apparently received several complaints about our audio quality of late, uh, including this one. You guys are funny and should be included in the good company of cognitive dissonance, the scathing atheist and atheist on air, but your audio quality is holding you back. I don't... I don't... What? Is it you? I don't understand. I don't get it at all. It's, I think it's your... It must be your mic, Chuck. You might want to try something else. Well, we're recording from my audio source, so maybe that's the problem. Yes, let's blame your source. Hold on. Wait a second. I found a problem. It was a bag of chips. Oh, it was a bag of chips. <laughs> I should put those down when we record. Okay, I'm, re- I'm ready now. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> Sometimes that, I get snacky when we're recording. Is that better? Is I that think better? it's better. Are you not Test- entertained? Testing. How's my levels? How's my levels? Uh, I've never complained about the audio quality, Matt, because I just never listen to the podcast. I think <laughs> recording once is plenty. Uh, I even I have a trouble listening to my squeaky voice. Me me me. Your your grating voice. <laughs> my grating, whiny voice. Uh, so this this episode we're going to do uh, what? Fucking. Um... Um, I think we're just going to complain this episode. Because we never like every other episode. <laughs> Shit, I don't. Oh, Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby. We're doing the descent, the Hobby Lobby descent. The fiery descent. The blistering. All descents must be labeled as fiery when they come from Ginsburg. But first, skunk dicks. It will not surprise you that we have more skunk dick candidates this week. I am not surprised. First, skunk dick candidate, suspended St. Louis police officer who says, and I quote, I'm into diversity. I kill everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's so funny coming from someone who actually could kill everybody. And apparently does. Is legally authorized. Right. <laughs> I personally, so this guy's giving a talk against, I don't know, some like Oath Keeper organization. Uh, I personally believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but I'm also a killer, said Officer Dan Page, a 35 year veteran. Yes. <laughs> I've killed a lot, and if I need to, I'll kill a whole bunch more. If you don't want to get killed, don't show up in front of me. I have no Whoa. problems with it. God did not raise me to be a coward. Uh, I wonder if anybody got up and left right then, like, holy shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm getting, get out. I bet I bet there are a bunch of amens. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen, brother. Bingo. That's, also, it reminds me of, there was another police officer who wrote an editorial saying, you know, if you don't want to get tased or shot or pepper sprayed, just don't challenge me. Yeah, do what I say. Don't challenge my authority. Like fucking Cartman in the... <laughs> I got my authority. Authority. 
Uh, yeah. You know, and then he says a couple paragraphs down, you know, you don't you don't have to submit to unlawful searches and seizures. Uh, well, how in the fuck is that going to happen? Right. If I challenge your authority, I'm going to get tased, pepper sprayed, shot, maced, whatever you got. Chuck, it's like the classic movie line. Well, which is it, young fella? <laughs> you want me to get down on the floor or you want me to freeze? Because if, if I can get down on the floor... My body's going to be in motion. <laughs> what movie was that? <laughs> Racing Arizona. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mangled that quote, but great movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Relevant now as it was then. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I, I kind of see where they're coming from because, you know, you're, you're risking your life on every traffic stop, basically, uh, every interaction. But Jesus, right. man. You know, you you give power to people, and that has uh, has the tendency to get abused. You have the ability to, the legal authority to, use force against someone, to injure someone. And I don't know, you tend to perhaps use it disproportionately against the poor and the black, unarmed. Teenager. Teenagers. <laughs> Specifically. <laughs> um... Did you know? But it's not the fault of the police, Matt. It's, no? It's the fault of the person who's being stopped for challenging the authority to stop them. Just don't, just, you know. Well, they, they didn't do what they said. If you live through the encounter, you can always sue them later, you know. So just take Oh, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Did you know that I was once arrested? <laughs> I, yes, I did, yes. That's <laughs> your I father. I remember that. <laughs> I do remember that. I was arrested because I challenged. Don't challenge police officers. They'll just they'll just arrest you. I I also might have called him an idiot. Um. <clears throat> anyway, uh, moving on. Again, uh, you're lucky you weren't shot. <laughs> Except, well, I'm white. The so. fact that you were white saved your <laughs> exactly. life that day. Oh my god! Yeah, could you imagine? <laughs> you idiot! No, that that's a that's six shots in your you know right right to your chest. Uh, he also goes off about Obama for some reason. Um, he flew to Africa. He says, right there, and I went to our undocumented president's home. Obama, Obama's an undocumented immigrant. Yeah. That's, that's why he won't solve the border crisis, I guess. Yeah, apparently he's this guy's a birther, too. Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. He flew all the fucking way to Africa. <laughs> I, I bet he did, too. I bet, he, just to make the point, he yeah. probably took a picture there. In search of undocumented President Barack Obama. Let me give you a hint. He's in the United States. <laughs> Dan Page. Congratulations on your nomination. Uh, yeah, Dan Page is white, by the way. I don't know if you caught that. I know. Oh, yeah, look, he is. Yeah. He's an old white male. Yeah. I'd like to see, I'd like to see a list of the people he's shot and killed, just to see if he really is into diversity. Right. <laughs> I'd question how diverse his uh, victims are. Uh, what else you got? What else I got? I've got a vagina. You do? I, I well, somewhere. Um, <laughs> um, no, I don't have a vagina. No. Sometimes I wish I did, but not personally, let's let's not go into that though. Um, you know when your vagina gets on TV, but you didn't agree to it. Yeah. So you're like. What the fuck? Get my vagina and my anus off TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you how many times that's happened. 
Or pay me $10 million. I, uh, or money. <laughs> or money. I will take either. That will I, help assuage my humiliation. There's a reality show called Dating Naked. Apparently they, they get together a couple of people and they, they send them on a date and they're naked. See? I mean, that's essentially the premise, right? Right. They're, they go on naked dates. And they're filmed naked. For, for you know future viewing by the public. And she's mad that some of her naked body got on TV. Yeah, her vagina and her anus, Chuck. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I have an anus. I Oh, I do. I have one, too. Um, Your complaint so alleges yeah. that she was continually <laughs> promised that all frontal and genital nudity would be blurred out. So it's hard to even have a single take of this because they're promising her continually. Right. You're going to blur it out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Trust us. Yeah, of course we will. Yes, yes. We, did you blur it? You, he's getting on that. He's blurring it right now. I promise. He's, we swear. We swear. Oh, no. I feel for her, though. I wouldn't want my anus all over TV. Nor my vagina. Um, the, only, the problem is in their, in their complaint. In their complaint? Is that what they're called? Yes. Yeah, they're called complaints. She would like... Uh, all images of her vagina anus removed from the internet, included but not limited to YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Blaster, Grinder, uh, those things. <laughs> <laughs> Pornhub? Pornhub? Oh, Lord. Uh, they're, they're, they're never coming off there. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. I, <laughs> we just need the internet scrubbing machine. No problem. I, I feel bad for her. I'm going to say the internet's the skunk dick in this one. <laughs> It does. Once it's up there, it ain't coming down. Curse you, internet! Once the internet gets hold of your anus, it is permanently grasped. Oh, the double shocker finger of the internet has your anus and your vagina. It There's... will never ever let go. No, it's it's a pincer move. You can't get out. She it's should a... be suing the internet. Oh, can you do that? The internet I... should have to pay her $10 million. Well, she's suing Viacom instead. So. That's close enough. I say good luck. Good luck getting your anus and vagina off the internet. Yeah. Matt, our third candidate uh, for Skunk Dick of the Week is uh, Ben Carson. Ben who? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> Ben Carson's not the brightest legal mind. I'd put him on par uh, uh, with Samuel Alito. <laughs> He, he says that the First Amendment, the, the title of, of the article is Atheist Absurdities. Ah. So we're, we're treated to a bunch of uh, atheist, quote, absurdities in the article itself. The so it's going to be a bunch of, like, good atheist jokes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all right, I love a good atheist joke. Quote, fallacies. Get fallacies. Atheists. <laughs> uh, First Amendment guarantees freedom of religion, not from it, you see. Oh, I always got that mixed up. Yeah, many people in this country were shocked when the U.S. Navy recently announced the removal of all Bibles from military hotels under their control. Yes. I was shocked. I was so shocked, I just heard about it. I couldn't believe that actually happened. Right. I was pleasantly shocked. I couldn't believe that I didn't hear about this at all, along with all the other shocked people wandering the streets. Yeah, it made essentially no news whatsoever. No. Nobody was shocked. Nobody cared. The surprise is not the hypocritical stance of the Freedom from Religion Foundation. Oh, that well-known atheist group? Yes. <laughs> but rather, the fact that an established bulwark of American strength and patriotism 
caved to a self-serving group of religious fanatics. Wait a second. That previous sentence seems out of place. (laughs) Religious fanatics. I'm all about, you know, making fun of religious fanatics. This seems a little strange. Yes. Oh, wait a second, Chuck. I don't think we realize atheism is actually a religion. The previous sentence may seem out of place if you don't realize that atheism is actually a religion. You see, and, and here's, here's, here's how atheism qualifies, Matt. Okay. Like traditional religions, atheism requires strong conviction. So I don't want any wishy-washy atheists out there. Right. Like agnostics. In the case of atheists, it's the belief that there is no God and that all things can be proved by science. So he's just a- accurately described every atheist I know. Oh, that's what atheism is. Okay. We, don't, we don't believe there's a lack of evidence for a God, his particular no. one, or any other one. Uh, we believe that there is no God. And I guess if he's talking about the Judeo-Christian uh, God, then I'll believe him because the, the idea is patently absurd. Right. Uh, but, you know, no God anywhere. Pff, I don't know. Show me evidence. Maybe I'll Maybe I'll look at it. Well, if that's what atheism is, it seems to me it's going to be really hypocritical of the foundation to request the removal of Bibles from hotel rooms. And all things can be proved by science, yeah. That's, that's scientism, not, not atheism, but that's all right. Uh, yeah, it's extremely hypocritical of the foundation to request the removal of Bibles from hotel rooms on the basis of their contention that the presence of Bibles indicates the government is choosing one religion over another. If they really thought about it, they would realize that removal of religious materials imposes their religion on everyone. Didn't we talk about this? Oh, that's already? right. That's Something right. Like absence of prayer at a graduation right. promotes it's, atheism. Uh-huh. Remember, when you're not actively promoting Christianity, you're promoting the antithesis. <laughs> the religion of atheism. The religion in everything you do. Yeah. So while he's writing this article... Every sentence that doesn't say Jesus is actively promoting atheism. Right. <laughs> Some atheists argue that there should be a library or cache of religious material at the check-in desk of a hotel from which any guest could order a Bible, Torah, or Koran for their reading pleasure. Or, I don't know, how about you just fucking bring your own Bible, Koran, or Torah? No, that would place an undue burden. And as the Hobby Lobby case has shown us, the practice of religion must not be placed upon any burden. Especially if it's monetary. This is like saying there shouldn't be certain brands of bottled water in hotel rooms because there may be guests who prefer a different type of water <laughs> or are offended by bottled water and think everyone should be drinking tap water. Oh, the God, t- it's exactly the same. <laughs> Those tapas. It's exactly the same as a governmental institution advancing religion by providing one particular brand of Bibles. Right. I can't is, see any difference between that and bottled water. That is the dumbest. That is the dumbest example he could have come up with. We have perhaps come to the bottom of the barrel for Christian analogies. Really, bottle. First of all, it's all this. Most bottled water is just tap water. They just get it out of the city. It's and it's all water. It's, yeah, it's, this one is particularly rich. This sentence, as a nation. We must avoid the paralysis of hypersensitivity, which prevents us from getting anything done because virtually everything offends someone. We need to distribute big boy pants to help the whiners learn to focus their energy in a productive way. (laughs) 
Here we are talking about the simple act of removing a Bible from a hotel room, and he tells us to put our big boy pants on <laughs> as he's whining throughout this whole fucking article. Hey, you guys need to put your big boy pants on because you're actively persecuting my religion. Well, good God. I, I have a feeling this is all going to come back to the Constitution somehow. <laughs> You know it is. We must also go back and read the Constitution. No! Including the First Amendment, which guarantees freedom of religion. It says nothing about freedom from religion. Aha! Uh -huh. And va in fact, Matt, if you yeah. consider the context and the lives of those involved in crafting our founding documents, it is apparent that they believed in allowing their faith to guide their lives. Yes. Yeah, because most That's of them were fucking deists. They were all, they were all, no, they were all um, born again. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're all evangelical Christians. <laughs> Every one of them. I remember when George Washington was like, and no tax dollars shall be spent on abortifacients. <laughs> and Where's... all corporations are people. That was Jefferson. Oh, my God. Ben Carson. Skunk dick. You dumb fucker. <laughs> it's a great article, though. Yeah. Oh, did you see what happened at the end of it, though? Thankfully, the Navy quickly realized its mistake and restored the Bible to its lodges. <laughs> Maybe now we can deal with the real issues that threaten our safety. Ah. Oh, I smell a lawsuit coming up <laughs> from the Hypocritical Freedom from Religion Foundation. Oh, Chuck, your doctor, can you um, prescribe something for my hypersensitivity? Yeah, big boy pants. Big boy pants. <laughs> Use as needed. Is it like the pens or what are those? PRN hypersensitivity. <laughs> well, give me a bottle. I'll take them. All right, let's uh, feed this shit into the computer, see what we come up with. All right. What's your vote? My vote... Ooh, Ben Carson's good, but then there's a vagina, and I like to promote vaginas. I'm voting for vaginas. All right, I will vote for the anus. Okay, who wins? What we got? Was it oh my vagina? God. Vagina? <laughs> It's a penis. It's a, of course. <laughs> of course it's a Our penis. Our computer's sexist. It's a pastor. Yay. <laughs> of course it's a pastor. That's something new. Pastor calls to imprison gays for 10 years hard labor. Oh, yeah, they did. With new constitutional Ow. amendment. And of course this fucker's got a cowboy hat. Of course yeah. he does. <laughs> uh, he's a white male, if you did not guess that. White male pastor wearing a, a cowboy hat. You see, Chuck, uh, Pastor Michael V. Williams, he's, he's tired that Christians have been increasingly tolerant of gay people. And whereas homosexuality used to be a felony in every state, referred to as sodomy, it has now been decriminalized, and homosexuality is allowed to be openly expressed in public. Oh, my Good. God. <laughs> Can you believe that? Oh, oh, the tolerance. Right. While Christians are becoming increasingly tolerant of homosexuals, homosexuals are becoming increasingly intolerant of us. Uh, yeah, yeah, I wonder why uh, gay people are becoming increasingly intolerant of Christians who want to uh, pass a constitutional amendment to sentence them to ten years hard labor. Uh, it's a mystery to me. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, it goes on. It's time for Christians to resume obeying God and His Word and to recriminalize homosexuality outlawed again. The only way to do this is to keep it beyond the reach of activist judges. Oh, like Scalia. Like Alito. Alito. And unaccountable bureaucrats. 
And the only way to do that, Chuck, is to create the constitutional amendment. Yep. Yep. Yeah. For the very important, life-threatening, security-threatening, nationwide interest of uh, imprisoning gay people. Not only imprisoning them, Matt, but forcing them to do hard labor for hard 10 labor. years. If you, well, Chuck, you know, if you put gay people in prison, there's going to be some hardness there. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much automatic. They'll be doing yeah. hard labor. I wonder if he thought about the uh, the joke there when he proposed his amendment. So. I'm wondering how, how long it is until this guy comes out as gay. <laughs> exactly. Well, here's his amendment. The U.S. Constitution is amended to propose that the United States of America is a Christian nation with Judeo-Christian ethics, morals, principles, and values. Blah, blah, blah. I've heard it before. And that the practice of homosexuality in the United States of America and in all its territories and possession and it's all in states, counties, and cities, shall be a felony punishable by 10 years in prison at hard labor. So if you're like me, Chuck, you're probably wondering, what can you do to help him out? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you need to contact your long... Ah. No, you need to incessantly contact. That's right. Incessantly contact your lawmaker until they agree to outlaw homosexuality. Quote, make such a pest to yourself that they're willing to do anything just to shut you up. And remember, only vote for those who promise to adopt this amendment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, do not allow your lawmaker to do anything... But this. Uh, yeah, remotely useful. Just no. pester the shit out of him until he gets a restraining order against you. <laughs> right. And outlaws homosexuality. Right. That too. So, uh... Pastor Michael V. Williams, Skunk Dick of the Week, narrowly beating out the vagina and anus. Right. He was one step ahead of the anus. All right, Matt, let's move on to the uh, actual podcast itself, uh, The Descent. First of all, Matt, I'm uh, surprised, first and foremost, that a woman actually was allowed to be on the Supreme Court in the first place. Right, and they let her speak, too. And then, yeah, secondly, that they allowed uh, her to write a dissent uh, disagreeing with a man. Doesn't it say in the Bible, aren't we a Judeo-Christian nation, and doesn't it say in the Bible that women should keep their questions uh, until they get home and then ask their husbands? I'm pretty sure. Shouldn't Make- this dissent be written by Ginsburg's husband? <laughs> Ginsburg, you think Ginsburg's husband allows her to, to be on the court? They probably consulted first. Yes, they have to have permission from their husbands. Right. So, um... Ginsburg's dissent is Matt. How, how would you characterize this dissent? It is. It is touching. It is soft spoken, and it pulls a lot of punches. Tugs on your heartstrings, really. Yeah. No, it's fiery. Feisty. Feisty. Blistering. What? What? Boo! Blistering. Yes. Ginsburg essentially kicks Alito's ass in the intellectual. She backs him into an intellectual corner, shall we say? And wipes the floor with him. It's really stunning, actually. They, um, it was, it was a, it was a good uh, descent. As a matter of fact, it was worth it to endure the torture of reading the opinion of the court to get to yeah. the descent. The forty-nine pages of of Alito's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, the first line of the descent in a decision of startling breath. Now, remember, Alito explicitly said he crafted the decision so that it would be extremely narrow, right? Only for closely held corporations. But uh, the decision is not narrow. It affects potentially 50% of the fucking population. Right. It affects uh, possibly all women. Um, They say in 
in the decision itself, you know, well, it seems unlikely that that publicly held corporations like Walmart will uh, get a board that agrees on religious beliefs enough to inflict them upon all their employees. So it just just seems unlikely to me. But there's nothing in the logic of the decision that prevents it. Right. I love that line. Ah, it's it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Maybe not. Seems seems unlikely to me. (laughs) We don't have to worry about that. In the decision of startling breath, the court holds that commercial enterprises, including corporations, along with partnerships and sole proprietorships, can opt out of any law, saving only tax laws, they judge incompatible with their sincerely held religious beliefs. Yep. And that, that it probably could have stopped there. At the, uh, it's just, it's just unbelievable. There's this uh, judicial activism creating new laws about these corporations now that can fucking exercise religious beliefs. Right. In the court's view, uh, RFRA, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, demands accommodation of a for-profit corporation's religious beliefs, no matter the impact that accommodation may have on third parties who do not share the corporation owner's religious faith. In these cases, thousands of women employed by Hobby Lobby and Conestoga. Now remember, Alito does go into the impact uh, on women under his decision, which he states is exactly zero. It has no impact on women, Matt. No impact. None? But this isn't quite true, is it? Uh, What about confidentiality, right? When they go and and they they say, hey, uh, I'd like to get birth control, but you fuckers, apparently, it infringes upon your religious... My birth control infringes upon the corporation's fucking religious freedoms. So I need some sort of paper or something to get, you know, this covered. Right. Uh, Does Hobby Lobby get informed of that and are they then free to discriminate because their religion allows it against these people does the application have to go through hobby lobby to get a contraceptive writer is hobby lobby informed uh what do they have to fucking do that none of that was laid out in the decision right and remember any additional paperwork that's required by uh anyone necessarily cause some of those women to fall through the cracks right some of them uh, either won't know what to do or can't get to the paperwork, can't fill it out. Some women will fall through the cracks, which means at least some women won't have access to contraception under their decision. So that impact does not mean exactly zero. Right. However few women fall through the cracks, those women would have been covered had the decision gone the other way. Well, that, they're not the important ones, Chuck. Right. The important thing the is Hobby Lobby's religious beliefs sincerely held religious beliefs of the corporation Hobby Lobby. Right. And any possible monetary... (laughs) Right, exactly. And the ability to inflict those religious beliefs on uh, unsuspecting women who don't share them. Ginsburg's dissent uh, actually goes into the science of why this stuff was covered by the Affordable Care Act in the first place, right? Because initially it was left out of the ACA, and and that prompted an an amendment guaranteeing it. Is that the conscience amendment, or which one was that? Well, they they <laughs> attempted a conscience amendment. So, um, women paid significantly more than men for preventative care. This is why this is why this was important. In fact, uh, cost barriers operated to block many women from obtaining needed care at all. This is the status quo, right? Right. It costs more for women uh, to get insurance than men because their preventative care is more expensive. It says that uh, women of childbearing age spent 68% more in out-of-pocket health care costs than men. 
Co-payments are often so high that women avoid getting preventive and screening services in the first place. Uh, And again, Alito, being a man, has no fucking idea about this. Are you sure? It's not exactly. It's going to have exactly (laughs) zero impact on people. I don't see. I don't see how this will impact anybody. Yeah. Right. Do you see Scalia? Do you see? You can see him. I don't see. Uh, Kennedy, Roberts? No, <laughs> nope. I have no idea. No, I way. can't Zero think of back. anything that when I go to the doctor is not covered in this. Thing. Ginsburg <laughs> says, "Well, I can uh, 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 go home. Hello? Go home and talk to your husband, Ginsburg." He said he didn't see anything either. <laughs> I got him on the phone. Uh, so the women's health care amendment succeeded so that they uh, allowed um, that to be covered, including contraceptives, right? Now, um, the uh, Republicans didn't like this as, as, a, as a, a crystal ball into the future, right, of future lawsuits. And right. so they, they raised a conscience amendment, which would enable any employer or insurance provider to deny coverage based on its asserted, quote, religious beliefs or moral convictions. So this is exactly what they're fighting over here, right? A right. fucking corporation who says I have religious beliefs or moral convictions that don't wa- allow me to dispense birth control. And so a senator s- said that uh, that would have put the personal opinion of employers and in insurance over the practice of medicine, right? You're inserting a fucking boss or a fucking corporation in between the woman and her health care provider, Right. Right. So uh, that conscience amendment failed. So rejecting the conscience amendment, Congress uh, left health care decisions, including the choice of, among contraceptive methods, in the hands of women with the aids of their health care providers. So that decision was already met by the legislature and struck down. So then you, you raise a court decision, and the court is supposed to, you know, interpret the law, not make new law, but interpret the law. In this case, again, they essentially pulled that conscious amendment out of the ashes of the legislature and put it into law. They made new law. This is judicial activism. Right. Ginsburg says before this case, never in the Supreme Court uh, annals has there ever been a decision that uh, said that a corporations or people for the purpose of religious beliefs, or B, made a decision that allowed uh, religion, religious beliefs or expressions of religious beliefs to harm a third party. So that, that, that's new law on those two counts, at least. Right. And, uh... Uh, on the contrary, Ginsburg points out that accommodations to religious beliefs or observances must not significantly impinge on the interests of third parties, and that's codified into law in Supreme Court decisions. That's already been adjudicated. But now they're reversing it. Well, let's just reverse it again. <laughs> we need to get a liberal on the court. That's the problem. <laughs> oh, that's this right. is the it first decision in my life. There have been bad Supreme Court decisions before. This is the first decision in my life that got me thinking about goddamn term limits on Supreme Court justices. <laughs> right. that maybe they should only be in there for 10 fucking years to limit the amount of damage that they can do. Wait, you don't want uh, Scalia there? Come on, he's yeah. been... What, how long has he been on there? Like yeah. 20 Fuck years? 30 years. 30 years. Jesus. He was put in by Reagan, I believe. Oh my god. And Thomas has been there for... Same thing, Reagan. Just about that long. Holy shit. Possibly Bush. No, Thomas Thomas has been there. That, that, was, that was a long time ago. I mean... 
we all remember the incident. Uh, and then, like, uh, what Bush did, um, Roberts and Alito, I believe. And then, uh, and then Obama got Sotomayor and Kagan. Thank God. Jesus. Can you imagine if McCain had won? Oh, my God. What kind of Supreme Court would we be looking at? We'd be looking at, a like, a 7-2 decision every time, probably. Oh, my God. Oh, things aren't really going that good anyway. Citizens United. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... So, kids, your votes are important. So, she says um, the exemption sought by Hobby Lobby and Conestoga would uh, deny legions of women who do not hold their employers' beliefs access to contraceptive coverage that the ACA would otherwise secure. So, again, the impact is not zero. So, uh, Matt, so when they uh, invoke the RFRA, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, to provide them kind of cover for their discrimination... Uh, Ginsburg points out that the history of the legislature is, is emphatic on this. So she goes over the purpose of the RFRA, which is essentially to overturn the Supreme Court's decision, and pretty much only to overturn the Supreme Court's right. decision in Smith, that, that uh, Scalia decision that brown people can't uh, exercise their religion. Right. <laughs> That's penalty. Non-Christians are fucked. But Christian, if it was a Christian religious belief, I- I'm suspicious that that decision would be slightly different. So uh, because of that, the public, there was a hue and cry, and so the, the government essentially designed, the legislature designed this uh, to restore the compelling interest test for deciding free exercise claims, which is uh, what was turned over in Smith. But when you do that, when you restore the compelling interest test, you end up essentially with all the problems that uh, Scalia noted, right? Right. All kinds, and you got to separately then look at every fucking claim, and if you decide against, for example, Native American religious ceremonies, but you decide for Christian uh, religious beliefs, in this case, aren't you advancing a particular religion, which... uh, the First Amendment, as Ben Carson reminds us, prohibits? Well, you know, it's just freedom of religion, Chuck, not from it or something. Ben Carson. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so basically, I know, I can't even argue as a puppet Ben Carson. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, when, uh, when they put forth the uh, RFRA, they instructed the court to look to free exercise cases decided prior to Smith, right? For guidance. Mm-hmm and without creating any new rights for religious practice uh, for any potential litigant. This is a statement of Senator Kennedy. So he explicitly says, basically, we're turning the clock back prior to Smith. And that was Kennedy. That was Kennedy. So uh, It's like they were all different people back then. <laughs> you know, to interpret the law, you got to look at the history of this shit, right? What was their purpose behind it? Because your job's just to interpret it, not to make new law. So despite this, uh, Ginsburg says the court sees the Religious Freedom Restoration Act as a bold initiative departing from rather than restoring pre-Smith jurisprudence. Yeah. So she she goes on to say that um, the, the court uses the definition of person found in the Dictionary Act, right, which extends to corporations, companies, associations, firms. We talked about this last time. Right. The Dictionary Act's definition, however, controls only where context does not indicate otherwise. Here, context does so indicate, right? And whether a corporation qualifies as a person capable of exercise religion, to determine that, you got to go back before Smith, right? How did they do it before Smith? 
quote, there is in that case law no support for the notion that free exercise rights pertain to for-profit corporations. Until this litigation, no decision of this court recognized a for-profit corporation's qualification for religious exemption from a generally applicable law, whether under the free exercise clause or under RFRA. That is fiery. I love it. Blistering. Blistering. So again, she's saying that the, the, the Supreme Court is not interpreting the law here. They're making new law. And the, uh, the reason why this hasn't been the law in the past, she says, is hardly obscure. I love it. <laughs> you guys are fucking morons, is essentially what she's saying here. She says, religious organizations exist to foster the interests of persons subscribing to the same religious faith, right? Right. So that's why, again, I said that not-for-profit not religious organizations are, have the ability to discriminate in their hiring, right? Unlike for-profit corporations. So not-for-profit religious organizations can hire people only among their religious population who tend to share the same religious beliefs, right? Uh, and it makes sense. Not so of for-profit corporations. So workers who sustain the operations of those corporations commonly are not drawn from one religious community. Indeed, by law, no religion-based criterion can restrict the workforce of for-profit corporations. You cannot discriminate in your hiring, but you can discriminate in your fucking insurance coverage. Right. You can, you can discriminate in your compensation. So she, she uh, quotes um, a previous court case and says that Title VII requires reasonable accommodation of an employee's religious exercise, but such accommodation must not come at the expense of other employees, which is precisely what is happening in this case. The uh, Hobby Lobby owners are saying, hey, we need accommodation, we need religious accommodation of our beliefs, uh, but unfortunately it comes at the expense of their employees. Well, Chuck, there's still the, uh, the other option, though, that's... Uh the least restrictive option for the government to right. pay for it. Right. Even though since this decision, there is nothing in place to, to take care of that yet. They're still trying to figure it out because they're going to have to have a, like a third party to go through, like as a bridge between the corporation and the insurance company. And so what, who's going to – somebody has to set that up. None of it exists. None of that is – you, you try to use, I suppose, the same – structural framework is not for profits but uh with a for-profit corporation what kind of paperwork is that going to look like and again are these these questions of confidentiality and is hobby lobby going to be informed and how could they not be um if someone requests this is it through a distinctly separate organization and that that seems fairly restrictive doesn't it making a whole nother fucking organization for this shit the the paperwork for that is going to be put on the receptionist desk under a camera that feeds directly yeah, to the right, owner's exactly. uh, Shit, shouldn't the fucking for-profit corporation have to pay uh, for this uh, to be set up so that their religious rights don't be infringed? Shouldn't they be liable for it? Uh, that seems like an undue burden. It's an undue burden to their pocketbook. Yes. Which is what all this shit comes down to. It's not religion, it's money. I love that. I love that in the opinion that like it's like, well, we can't we can't not make them do any of these other options because that would cost too much. But we covered that. I won't bitch about that again. I love she goes after the, uh, Alito because he 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 questions why, for example, if a sole proprietorship that seeks to make a profit may assert a free exercise claim, why can't Hobby Lobby uh, do the same, right? And, right. Uh, <laughs> 
Ginsburg. Let's think about that. Oh, fuck face. Ginsburg says that even accepting the premise that unincorporated business enterprises may gain religious accommodations under the free exercise clause, the court's conclusion is unsound. In a sole proprietorship, the business and its owner are one and the same. By incorporating a business, however, an individual separates herself from the entity and escapes personal responsibility for the entity's obligations. Right? Exactly. That's the whole purpose of the fucking incorporation. You get a corporate shield. And so Alito allows you to pierce that corporate shield in one direction only. You can inflict your religious beliefs on your employees. But, you know, when you get sued, for example, you're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not part of the corporation. The corporation is totally separate. My assets are separate from the corporation. I'm protected. But in religious things, you know, uh, religious beliefs, you can pierce that fucking corporate shield. It's a, it is a semi-permeable membrane now. And she says, one might ask, Ginsburg, Ginsburg says, <laughs> one might ask why the separation should hold only when it serves the interest of those who control the corporation. And the answer is because the five fucking justices are all conservative assholes. Right. All business. Oh, such a thinly veiled political decision. Oh, just, just killing me. Yeah, right. It's terrible. Uh, she says, little doubt that the RFRA claims will proliferate uh, for the court's expansive notion of corporate personhood, combined with its other errors in construing RFRA, invites for-profit entities to seek religious-based exemptions from regulations they deem offensive to their faith. Right. Anytime any sincerely held religious belief ends up saving them money, you can be fucking sure that that is going to be a court case that's going to wind its way through the system. Right. Uh, she spends some uh, time... Uh, separate from the uh, religious beliefs, right? So the the court uh, absolutely said, you know, it's not our our business at all. Yeah, to determine the veracity of their claims, <laughs> right? Judging the truth value of the claims or anything like that, we just we just want to determine whether it's sincerely held. Uh, Ginsburg kind of wades into that, but not specifically about whether it's true or not, or whether their beliefs hold water, but whether there's a connection between the religious belief and the action that's. Uh, at question here. Uh, she, she says she concludes that the connection between the religious family's objections and the contraceptive coverage requirement is too attenuated to rank as substantial, right? The requirement carries no command that Hobby Lobby or Conestoga purchase or provide the contraceptives they find objectionable. That's Instead, right. Instead, it calls on the companies covered by the requirement to direct money into undifferentiated funds that finance a wide variety of benefits under comprehensive health plan. So it's the insurance company that if, if anything, the insurance company and the person who purchases the contraceptive that would have to decide. Right. Why isn't the insurance company suing? <laughs> That's next. Oh, God, that is I'm coming next, I'm an insurance company it? run by uh, Christian scientists, so I, right. I, I don't approve any disbursements at all. I just take money. <laughs> I, just... I just take money. That's all. It is. I, I have a religious objection to paying out any money because you, know, <laughs> you should just pray. Oh, remind me not to get the Christian scientist uh, healthcare. No, <laughs> there's no difference in logic in that decision. And by the way, I would also point out there's no difference in logic in their solution to that, right? So on the one hand, you pay into an insurance company uh, undifferentiated funds, and then they go out to finance, you know, a variety of, of contraception or, you know, health services. On the other hand, the, the court says, well, totally different solution is to have the government pay for it. So you pay taxes into taxes. undifferentiated fund and then that gets differentiated into you know health services right it's well, totally where, different where's the difference there that's it's totally exactly different. what i was thinking and that's exactly was my point when i said that, like that's part of their compensation 
And you might as well you might as well take money out of their like literal money out of their pockets if you object to you know anything you give your employees going towards something you disapprove of. Right, exactly. <laughs> you you need to put uh, strings onto your paycheck. Yeah. Don't buy Plan B with this. Right. Don't go out there and buy Plan B because it's available over the counter, fuckers. Why don't they just – they should just issue a list of things that's okay for their employees to purchase with their money. Right, exactly. Uh, the following uh, items are approved for purchase under Hobby Lobby. Ginsburg uh, goes on to say, importantly, the decisions whether to claim benefits under the plans are not made by Hobby Lobby or Conestoga, but by the covered employees and dependents in consultation with their health care providers. That seems very reasonable. So that action is not on Hobby Lobby. It seems reasonable. Sure. Should an employee of Hobby Lobby or Conestoga share the religious beliefs of the Greens and Hans, she is, of course, under no uh, compulsion to use the contraceptives in question. But no individual decision by an employee and her physician, be it to use contraception, treat an infection, or have a hip replaced, is in any meaningful sense her employer's decision or action. So the connection between the two, between the objection raised and the actual action, she says is too attenuated. There, uh, there's, there's no burden placed on their religious belief because the action is done by the employee. Just as you're right. saying, right. Uh, if they pay them cash and then go out and buy plan B. So in that case, Hobby Lobby is going to have to follow the employee around and say, oh my God, I'm funding plan B. I'm funding right. your cigarettes. I'm funding your alcohol use. I can't do that. Oh, cigarettes and alcohol are okay under Hobby Lobby's plan. <laughs> no, remember, they uh, they don't engage in um, profitable business transactions that promote alcohol use, remember? Uh, yes, but if somebody ha- but they pay their has lung cancer. They pay their yeah. employees, and their employees can then go out and use that money given by Hobby Lobby to buy alcohol. Right. What they should do is, by this court decision, issue debit cards in the form of, of paychecks, and they have all types of restrictions on them. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's like the Wi-Fi at work. Right, exactly. <laughs> you you've agreed to these restrictions. I can't get on certain websites because they're like you... <laughs> that web page. By the way, our web page is one of them. <laughs> is <I can't>... it? <laughs> We're <Yeah>. blocked. <laughs> I think it's because it's uh, there must it's either religious or explicit content or something like yes, that. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, but I'm like, what the fuck? Like, the the solution to that, my Matt, is a virtual private network. Uh, never heard of it. Uh, so, moreover, the court's reasoning appears to permit commercial enterprises like Hobby Lobby and Conestoga to exclude from their group health plans all forms of contraceptives, not just the four that they uh, object to for their own idiotic reasons. But that's again, that's the next case. It's Eden Foods Organic. The guy doesn't want to pay for any contraceptives oh that's right you know um once somebody gets uh say lung cancer or cirrhosis or whatever if they pay for the treatment that's it's like they supported their drinking and smoking yes yes exactly they should be sued then and not, (laughs) not protected under the corporate veil we do not want to provide cancer insurance no tradition and no prior decision under rfra allows a religion-based exemption when the accommodation would be harmful to others. Here, the very persons the contraceptive coverage requirement was designed to protect. So, uh, again, you can go ahead and, and uh, 
provide exceptions or exemptions or um, accommodations to uh, religious beliefs all you want, but your right to do that ends when it harms someone else. That should be very, very simple to understand. And it constantly, throughout the 48 pages, 49 pages of Alito's decision, constantly escapes his grasp. Yeah, what what case was that from the famous, uh, your right to swing your arm ends at my face, or, or how it goes? You would have to ask an attorney. Um, I'm pretty sure you're an attorney. I, anal, I believe is the uh, acronym. I am not v- a lawyer. I think it was VV anal. <laughs> <laughs> Vagina V anal. So, um, remember, Matt, uh, Alito just assumed the compelling government interest, right? They didn't adjudicate it. They just assumed. So, eh, yeah, I guess. Oh, that's right, yeah. I, I suppose uh, the control of your reproductive destiny is a compelling government interest. I, I guess. <laughs> I, won't, I, won't, I won't confirm, but I won't challenge it. Either. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to judge it, but uh, eh, whatever. But the government has shown that there is no less restrictive, equally effective means that would both, one, satisfy the challenger's religious objections to providing insurance coverage for certain contraceptives, and two, carry out the objective of the ACA's contraceptive coverage requirement to ensure that women employees receive, at no cost to them, the preventative care needed to safeguard their health and well-being. So uh, Alito's decision certainly satisfies the religious objection, right? But it does yeah. not uh, satisfy the objective of... Uh, carrying out cost-free contraceptive to women, which was a whole reason that amendment was put in there in the first place is because it's more expensive for them. But that's not the issue, Chuck. <laughs> Ginsburg points out that a least restrictive means cannot require employees to relinquish benefits accorded to them by federal law in order to ensure that their commercial employers uh, you know, have no religious problems with it. So again, you cannot harm the people who are trying to be protected. Then let the government pay. <laughs> rather than employees who do not share their gover- their employer's faith, the court suggests. Problem solved. Yes, so, so Alito says, the most straightforward alternative would be for the government to assume the cost of providing contraceptives to any women who are unable to obtain them under their health insurance policies due to their employer's religious objections. That sentence right there says that, hey, all you conservatives have a problem with Obamacare? Uh, we conservatives on the Supreme Court, we say Obamacare... Don't go far enough. We need to get rid of private insurances in order to prevent all this garbage about uh, discrimination and the case-by-case adjudication of whether their religious claims are, are violated, their beliefs are, are, are infringed upon. So what we need to do is get rid of private insurance corporations altogether and institute a single-payer system, the government. <gasps> the Supreme Court are socialists? Oh, yeah, the five conservatives on the Supreme Court are commies. Marxist Scalia, I knew it. I knew he was Marxist. So Ginsburg brings up, in you know, the, the court wanted evidence of this, right? Um, but she brings up in her crystal ball, where is the stopping point to the let the government pay alternative? Suppose an employer's sincerely held belief is offended by health coverage of vaccines or paying the minimum wage. <laughs> See, Tony and Susan Alamo Foundation v. Secretary of Labor. Oh, oh God. It's, they're coming. Or they're according, coming. According women equal pay for substantially similar work. See, Dole v. Shenandoah Baptist Church. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't want to pay women equal for their uh, similar work. Of course they don't. They're Baptists. 
So uh, the court gives absolutely no guidance toward this, right? I mean, if they have a sincerely held religious belief that women shouldn't have equal pay for equal work, well then, fuck whoever it harms. you got to accord accommodations to these for-profit corporations. Yeah. What for-profit corporation whose sole existence is to get a profit uh, would not pay women less, right? That's more to the bottom line. Well, maybe... Maybe some of them have a conscience, or not religious. Yeah, well, their shareholders will sit them down and have a talk to with them. <laughs> right. <laughs> but this case law was decided, and uh, you got to follow it. So in the uh, in the Lee case, where he was uh, Amish, right, old order Amish, um, he sincerely believed that withholding Social Security taxes from his employees. <laughs> or paying the employer's share of such taxes violated his Amish faith. Uh, the court held that although the obligations imposed by the Social Security system conflicted with Lee's religious belief, the burden was not unconstitutional, right? That's what it's got to rise to the level of. Right. Uh, so Alito dismissed it as just a tax case. <laughs> well, see, you can't get out of paying taxes by religious beliefs. You're Amish, and that's weird. <laughs> You're not my flavor of Christian. <laughs> right. What are you, Native American? Peyote? No. Even worse, you're brown. You're brown. So, uh, Matt, that, that Lee court uh, made uh, one key point that, that um, does not apply just to tax cases, right? It said, when followers of a particular sect enter into commercial activity as a matter of choice, they chose to do it, they weren't forced to do it, the limits they accept on their own conduct as a matter of conscience and faith are not to be superimposed on statutory schemes which are binding on others in that activity. So basically, Hobby Lobby, you can do whatever you want. You, the owners of Hobby Lobby, you can go ahead and refrain from using those four forms of birth control that you incorrectly believe cause abortions. But you do not have a right, based on Lee, to impose that, to inflict that religious belief on other people. So I'm assuming that the majority opinion did not agree with that. Uh, no, uh, Alito said, "But well, this is just a tax case. It doesn't have anything to do with uh, religion, you know, per se." Ah, okay. Your religious beliefs can't trump you paying taxes. Well, that's a compelling government interest, unlike women's health care. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so here's another problem. Ginsburg brings up a shit ton of cases uh, with other commercial enterprises. Uh, seeking exemptions from generally applicable laws on the basis of their religious beliefs. So, for example, Newman v. Piggy Park Enterprises, owner of a restaurant chain, refused to serve black patrons based on his religious beliefs opposing racial integration. <laughs> <laughs> Piggy Park? Yeah, this was like in the, the 50s or 60s. Piggy, Hobby Lobby, Piggy, it's all going to be a freaking weird, okay. So another case, there were some born-again Christians who owned closely held for-profit health clubs, believed that the Bible prescribed hiring or retaining, quote, an individual living with but not married to a person of the opposite sex, or, quote, a young single woman working without her father's consent, or a married working woman without her husband's consent, and any person antagonistic to the Bible, including fornicators and homosexuals. <laughs> I'm out. So... So what about that one? I mean, the logic, again, of the decision says that it should be perfectly acceptable, 
right? For for-profit corporations that have a sincerely held religious beliefs, they should be able to discriminate in their hiring for people who uh, live in sin, basically, men and women who live with each other, uh, or young women who work without their father's consent, or married women who work without their husband's consent, right? So, or anyone antagonistic to the Bible, such right. as myself. <laughs> is that the is that what you fall under? I wasn't sure if you were. Yeah. A fornicator or a homosexual? I'm a young working woman without my uh, father's consent. Yes. You're a lovely young woman. Uh, or, again, a, a for-profit photography business owned by a husband and wife who refused to photograph a lesbian couple's commitment ceremony based on their religious beliefs. Ah, Elaine Photography, LLC v. Wilcock. So the question is, would, would this decision require exemptions in these types of cases? And if not... How do you adjudicate which beliefs are worthy of accommodation and which are not? You got to give kind of help to the lower courts, right? Well, the court the court can't presume to determine the plausibility of the religious right. claim. Just that they're <laughs> sincerely held. Right. So how about how about employers with religiously grounded objections to say vaccines or blood transfusions or medications derived from pigs? Ah, yeah, that's right. Or Essentially, any medical care for Christian scientists, right? Right. So we're talking about Jehovah's Witnesses, Scientologists, Muslims, Jews, Hindus. Um, yeah. Anesthesia, IV fluids, pills, coated with gelatins. Yeah, it goes on. It's just going to be somebody has a problem with something. And they're all stupid reasons, too. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. My opinion. Religious reasons there. That's synonymous. <laughs> So she concludes by saying there's an overriding interest, I believe, in keeping the courts out of business of evaluating the relative merits of differing religious claims or the sincerity with which an asserted religious belief is held, right? How do you adjudicate that? Uh, trust me, I'm sincere. Uh, yeah. Indeed, approving some religious claims while deeming others unworthy of accommodation could be perceived as favoring one religion over another, the very risk the Establishment Clause was designed to preclude. So, well, I don't find that likely, though, Chuck. You don't think that's likely? <laughs> no, that's, I don't think we have to worry about that. The Supreme Court, in one instance, would say religious uh, observations of Native Americans would not be worthy of accommodation, but religious uh, beliefs of Christians would be. That's pretty I, unlikely. I would never believe that the same Supreme Court justice could possibly have two decisions that would seem to contradict each other. <laughs> That, that is not a worry that I have that could happen. I would say the odds of that are far less than zero. <laughs> oh, what's good? What do we do? What do we do? In conclusion, fuck you, Supreme Court justices. Uh, how do they sit? At You've the opened Court? up the proverbial Pandora's box. Shall we say a can of worms? You have come to the proverbial fork in the road. You are. You have stepped into a minefield. You have bought a six-pack of Jello cups. <laughs> One of them is rotten. I am just as bad as an al- at analogies <laughs> as Ben Carson. <laughs> Matt, the Supreme Court decision is exactly like having certain types of bottled water and not having others. <laughs> Uh, I object to providing my employees with bottled water because of some reason that I have that I'm not required to give or explain. Because of some sort of sincerely held vague religious belief, which boils down to it costs me money. 
Um, I like the last sentence in there. For the reasons stated, I would reverse the judgment of the Court of Appeals for the Tenth Circuit and affirm this judgment of the Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit. And fuck you, Alito! (laughs) Fuck you, Scalia. I hope you die. Ed Roberts. Your death is 20 years overdue, you fat fucker. And Kennedy, the betrayer, the swing vote. Bastard Kennedy. Goddamn the Supreme Court when you have to have a swing vote. What the hell? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Jesus H. Christ. We need a uh we need forty years of democratic presidents. I voted Nader. Oh, you threw away your vote? <laughs> Bush was my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, God, that is American politics in a fucking nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now we just sit and wait, I guess, and see. We can see what happens. We can see what skunk dicks are generated by this in the future. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we'll have plenty of court cases to follow. Uh, oh, speaking of court cases, the next podcast will be God v. Professor. Hercules. <laughs> Hercules. The Lord v. Hercules. <laughs> Where we will uh, submit ourselves to uh, a viewing possibly multiple of God's Not Dead. Yeah. <sighs> All right. I'll watch it. Only for you, the people. For you, our dear listeners. But um, my review will be lengthy. And that's it. Don't expect good audio quality, though. Well, the video quality was um, superb, and my audio quality shall match it. Oh, good lord. Matt's computer crashed, and uh, he's stuck on an iPad, so... (laughs) I'm stuck on an iPad! Help! Matt is currently connected to the internet uh, via a tin can and a long string. (laughs) It's an aluminum can. I upgraded it. Uh, it's upgraded. <laughs> Got the next version. Got to be better. Is it time to start? Yes. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to this episode of Irreligiosity. Ah, crap. I forgot what I was going to (laughs) say. Take two. Take take three. Uh, hello and welcome to this episode of A Religiosity, and the only podcast to professional all of the ah, son of a bitch, <laughs> all of the audio, audio, who's professional audio quality, yeah. Hello and welcome to this episode of irreligiosity.com, and the only podcast to professional audio, son of a bitch. <laughs>